Live? I don't know. <laughs> Please confirm. Digital says that he felt uh, they felt for this clickbait. He, I'm pretty sure she, they, sorry. <laughs> Come on in, everybody. Make sure you can hear me. New setup. Very experimental right now. I have no idea if this setup's going to work at all. But I would love it if you can confirm for me that you can see me okay. That you can hear me okay. And that you're in this room with me. Uh, and uh, yeah, that you're experiencing this with me right now. <laughs> I hope it works. I hope it works. So I'm sitting down, as you can see. And it's probably moving forward. Uh, all um, Really, everything is going to be seated from now on. Because I am working on creating a, a different type of space for y'all. And the reason why, let me turn off the stupid freaking... Why do I play music if I always end up turning it off? Can somebody explain to me why I'm so dumb? <laughs> anyway, come on in, everybody. Uh, let me know where you're from. Make sure that you can hear me. Make sure that uh, you can see me. Uh, corporate, far as that looking professional. Yes, with my McLovin shirt. A classic on this channel. Uh, thank you all very much. Come on in, everybody. Um, okay. So I've been working on a few things. Let me just uh, t say a few things out of the way. One, I see somebody uh, making a uh, comment about my glasses. Yes, I am wearing glasses today. And the reason why, it's because I am creating this new space and I have a TV on the wall right here where I'm looking. And this is where all the comments are flowing in, where I'm seeing everything that's coming through. Uh, and of course, I like to keep all my live streams really, really um, interactive, right? So I have it up here on the screen, but they are, uh, it's quite far away from me. So it's probably something I have to fix. And I can't really see it too well <laughs> unless I have my glasses on. I have stigmatism. Now it's sharp. Now it ain't so sharp. Now it's sharp. Okay. So that's why I have my glasses on. I, I don't have to wear them for anything outside of that. But anyway, come on in. I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Um, also, another something very, very exciting that I, the reason why this whole new setup is brand new right now is that very, very soon, very, very soon, you're going to start seeing something different. And what is that? Let me show you right now. Ready? And of course it's off. Why, why would it work now? Why would it work? That wouldn't make any sense. Damn it. I had this all teed up for you guys to show you. Anyway, uh, I'm going to start having guests on the channel. Uh, that's another really cool thing that we're doing now is that we're going to start having guests on the channel. The second camera turned off. And... Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to turn it on because I really want to show you really bad. Hang on a second. One second. Watch this. I know what happened. I know exactly what happened. But let me show you because I'm really, really excited about this. Uh, one of the things that I do a lot in this channel, which a lot of you follow, is that I, I do have guests that I do uh, over Zoom, you know, or over StreamYard or whatever platform we'll be using that in the near future. But the other thing that I'm also doing is that I'm going to start hosting people in person. Wow. You might say, who is that? There's no one there. That's, you'd be right because I'm the only person here. Hello. And then over there in that direction, there is this person. Oh, look at my hand. You can see it. Hello. <laughs> so that's going to be very exciting. I am um, asking a, a couple of folks if they want to be, you know, sort of my, my first guest because I've never done in-person interviews before. But uh, I've turned this room into a... Uh, like a, almost like a podcast room. But if you saw it in person, it's a freaking disaster right now. This this room is an absolute nightmare. 
and I posted pictures about that this situation that I'm in right now. <laughs> I've like literally the only thing that I've kept that's relatively um, presentable is this view right here, and then of course the view that I showed you with the second camera. Like you, it doesn't look too bad. You can see my hand, but you can see some trash, right? So I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, but anyway, very excited to uh, really work on this stuff here with y'all. I think having a in-person um, interviews is going to be very, very fun. Uh, I already, I'm already seeing uh, comments uh, coming through where uh, the uh, who who they want as a uh, in-person interview. We got Dave Lee. Dave's local to Austin, so we both live in the in the same sort of uh, um, you know city suburban area uh, ish kind of, not really, but uh, we're both in the same metro area. Uh, if Rob's ever in town and he wants to swing by, of course he's always welcome. Um, this is obviously in in a room in my. I probably shouldn't say where it is. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to dox myself so easily. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to sit down. I, I've been really been working on this uh, all weekend. I got all the gear in. I really want to thank, I really, really want to thank everybody who's been supporting the channel truly. This is, you know, I've said it multiple times. This is not something that I expected myself uh, to be doing when I started my career in supply chain and whatever, you know, eight, 10, ten years ago. And thanks to you guys, I've been able to, I don't know, just do what I what I find is fun and what I think is valuable. And it's sort of taken a, a life of its own a little bit. And um, and thanks to your support and especially those who are Patreon members and YouTube supporters, every single penny that's been coming in from you, I've, I've been trying my absolute best to reinvest into the channel uh, as, as much as I can so that I can bring you better and better content. And if you follow the channel for, for a while, you can see that I'm not very um, afraid to change stuff up all the time. <laughs> and so, I don't know, that's just something that has been embedded in me since I, I worked at Tesla, I guess. But this is another step. So uh, I'm not super, super comfortable in this situation, meaning that I don't know what I'm doing, right? I have no idea if this is going to work out. I don't even know if there's going to be an audience for in-person interviews or for this type of format, but I, I really enjoy talking to people and I really enjoy learning from people. And uh, one of the people that I really have to thank, honestly, is is Yashu from Hit That Bit. Uh, Yashu and I spoke um, not too long ago, and Yashu really... He really encouraged me to take on this sort of in-person interview thing because I am in Austin and I'm very fortunate to be in this location. You know, there's going to be more and more people flocking here, especially around the Tesla community and whatnot. I'm like, you know what? That makes that makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah. So thanks to Yashu's sort of push, I started delving into this arena a little bit. And I really hope to bring you guys uh, as much great content as humanly possible with this new format. Uh, and we'll still, you know, I'll still do interviews live as well. I'll still, you know, go on live stream and I'll pull people on, you know, remotely to talk about whatever they want to talk about. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited to embark on this new journey. This is the first of hopefully many videos in this kind of format. Uh, they'll be seated from now on. I'm not going to be necessarily a, is there too much reflection from my glasses? I just realized that you guys, am I blinding you guys? Hello. So I feel like there's a lot of blue here. Um, yeah, I, I hope it, it be, it's a valuable thing. And really as, as fun as this is going to be for me to talk to people and really have a good time. I think ultimately what I want it to be is I want it to be a value creator for those that follow my channel to learn about, say, Tesla, Elon Musk, maybe SpaceX, the future electric vehicles, autonomous driving, 
that's really my goal. And then over the long term, as hopefully this thing evolves as it as it has been, um, I bring more and more value to the people. And as we go through that journey, your support has always been more than more than appreciated. And um, like I said before, I want to take every single one of those, uh, every single penny that anyone in this sort of community wants to send my way to reinvest it back in the channel to see how we can make it even better. So anyway, enough rambling. Guys, I've been rambling for what, 10 minutes now, it feels like. Uh, exactly six minutes and 28 seconds. Okay, so let's, um, let's, uh, <laughs> hold on. Why did Alexa just turn on? Alexa, turn off. I don't want to talk to you right now. Um, stupid TV. Top tip, put a paper bag over your head to stop refracted glasses. Very good idea. Now, what, what will I do about people not being able to see my face? Oh, my God. Anyway, let's uh, let's start with the market, shall we? So let's see how uh, how Tesla ended the day. Obviously, the last week, we've had some, um, some turbulent markets, uh, especially since the Fed came out and spoke. Uh, let me go ahead and share my screen since uh, maybe I forgot how to use my, my TV here, my um, computer. So let's look at uh, Tesla. We're in uh, Yahoo Finance right now. So... So it looks like we're up 0.25% for the day, which is good. We did see some craziness last week. Oops, I just messed up my line here. Uh, we did go up quite a bit today, and we came down significantly since that point. You know, this is, I guess, called an upside-down hammer or whatever. But this is, you know, if, if you're looking at charts, this typically says reversal. But I'm not a financial analyst. Please do not listen to anything that I'm saying. But um, I'm curious to see how this uh, plays out for the next couple of days. The one piece of information that I found to be very interesting to track right now is really the Elon Musk and Twitter uh, saga that's going on right now. So one of the things I wanted to cover quick is the deposition of Elon Musk and Parag, who's the CEO of Twitter, was supposed to happen this week. And one of the interesting things that happened is that Elon and both Parag actually now have asked to reschedule the deposition dates away from this week. And one of the things that I've found kind of interesting about this is that, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been very, very, uh, <laughs> almost stupidly coming out almost every Friday and saying, hey, the Twitter Elon settlement is going to happen this week, book it. But I'm curious uh, the f with the fact that the deposition dates have been moved away from this week and potentially to a different time. So I wonder, okay, is that maybe some fuel to the fire of maybe the settlement is being worked on and they don't want to waste their time doing the position if they know this is going to get done, right? But uh, as I sort of followed this through the day, uh, I saw that uh, there was a follow-up from uh, Kurt Wagner. I believe Kurt, if I remember correctly, is a CNBC analyst. Um, oh, sorry, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Um, he said, Elon Musk and Twitter CEO Parag uh, Agrawal were both scheduled to be deposed today. Elon in Delaware and Parag in San Francisco they are both now trying to reschedule. So it's interesting that that is being done, as this bit right here down here says, the Musk Twitter trial starts three weeks from today. So that means that they're looking to depose, uh, move to the position probably until after next week. Um, one of the things that Elon's working through right now, and Gary sort of highlighted here, was that, you know, it's end of quarter, Your Honor. I have to help deliver Teslas to our customers, Elon should say to the judge. Of course, that's done in jest, but I wonder how... That's something that Elon would probably legitimately say <laughs> to a judge. So that's kind of interesting to, uh, to think about. But I do think what's interesting about this whole ordeal is that 
at least my inclination has been, and as if you've been following the channel and the and the people that um, you know that 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 have been f sort of following my line of thinking on this, is that uh, what the hell is this? I just got a U.S. National Weather Service has issued notification on my TV. This is the kind of shit I have to work through. Sorry, excuse me. Um, now I lost my train of thought. That damn notification completely messed me up. Uh, yeah, so we're following Elon and and Parag's sort of thing with Twitter. Anyway, oh yeah, if you've been following my thing, I think they're gonna settle, right? I think they're gonna settle on the uh, on the on the deal, meaning that they'll probably reach an agreement. What's also uh, interesting to follow as well, along with that, is that Twitter's performance is sometimes indicative of what the uh, market is thinking as far as what is likely to happen, right? So. If we pull up Twitter's chart right now, let's go back to our handy dandy view here. Uh, Twitter was up quite a bit today. It was up twenty three fifty, and it came down a lot. And what's interesting about Twitter's movements, this you know, ever since the deal was made with Elon, is that the price is really reflective of how likely it is that the deal gets done at a certain price. So right now, uh, so after Elon signed with Twitter, we all know that it jumped up basically up to the uh, to the uh, to the agreement price, I believe it was 54 something, right? It was right here. So that's sort of when Elon said, I'm going to buy you boom 54, whatever. It was uh, a day after April 1st, I believe April 5th, it was week after roughly. And then it's come down significantly, then it's gone up since uh, some huge lows. So it's interesting to track this as it was happening when the news broke of the deposition being rescheduled you saw this gigantic jump in the Twitter stock price, which to me signals that the market thinks, the market thinks that them rescheduling the date is potentially indicative of them reaching a deal. Um, and so why waste your time doing it? But as we saw from uh, Gary's tweets and others as well, potentially not the case. It's just, uh, you know, just trying to make it so that the schedule is better fit for uh, the the two parties in this case. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think? Drop me some comments in the uh, comment section. I'll read through some of them. Um, and then we'll also go ahead and do our usual, if you want to come on and ask a question or, you know, share a point about uh, really anything Tesla, Elon, or Twitter, I'll go ahead and post this in the comment section. So here you go. Here's a link to uh, for you to join the stream. The only thing I require is that you have uh, decent audio, decent internet, uh, wear some headphones so we don't have any echo, and your camera has to be on. So if your camera isn't on, I'm not going to bring you in. Okay, we want to make sure that uh, I can see you and you can see me, <laughs> and then that the the uh, guests can also see you as well. So we've had some other people come on in the past as well. So if you want to share your thoughts or sort of you know throw something out to the uh, to the crowd, come on on, and then you know for a couple minutes we'll we'll chat and then we'll bring on more people as they see fit. So let's go ahead and uh, and read some comments. Uh, definitely drop them for me because I'm curious to hear uh, y'all's thoughts, uh, <laughs> Miguel. If Farzad gives epic two-hour stream standing, sitting down, it'll be six-hour streams at least. Yeah, at least, for sure. For sure. Let's go for 12 hours. Why not? Skip bathroom breaks. Screw it. Um, but yeah, let me, know, well, let me know what you guys think about this Elon Twitter stuff because it's been fascinating to follow. Uh, Miguel says, a question. With Optimus, uh, isn't Elon solving the age inverted pyramid sustaining... Um, for the future, a robot generating enough revenue to sustain both the elderly and a new uh, renewed re generation. Yeah, there's been a lot of chat around, uh, you know, Optimus and how it can affect labor markets, you know. Um, 
I think for me, it's it's sort of been a I've been talking to you know AI experts and folks that are in robotics, and I go back and forth. I go from this thing being quite incredible for uh, obviously the labor markets and taking stuff that we don't want to do and so basically automating it. But at the same time, there is a lot of our economy that is based on these jobs. So how do we ensure that those people have a pathway forward, right? We can't just yank jobs out of the system and then expect people to figure it out if there's no means for us to figure it out, right? So I have some concerns around that. Uh, as I talked through some, uh, as I talked through with some folks, I think I become a little bit more optimistic, especially super long term. But the, the transitional period still feels a little wonky for me. Um, I think it's going to be, um, it could be tough. It could be tough to manage, but I could be very much wrong. Um, anyone uh, consider the amazing weapon systems that Elon's developing? One could look at it that way. I mean, the rocket, the rocket business in a SpaceX, and if Starship works out the way it's it's likely to, you have a uh, pretty amazing uh, weapon or tool to deliver things from one point to another very, very quickly. It could be anything, right? It could be bombs. It could be freaking cars. It's kind of scary to think about, to be completely honest. Look, it's my knee. <laughs> this new view is so weird. I definitely have to make some tweaks. Um, in the comments section, let me know what you think of the new of the new setup, right? Like this is not permanent. This was me over the weekend trying to figure out how to make this thing happen uh, so that I can have a stream this week. And um, there was definitely some difficulties in getting the setup right. So if you have any suggestions, should I move the camera down a little bit more? Should I get it closer, farther away? The lighting, how's the lighting, right? Um, do let me know what you guys think about that. Okay, we got a suggestion here. I might suggest not having the dome light in the shot. This one right here, right? A bit more separation of light in the background may also look good, but just some thoughts from a video guy. I appreciate that, Blake. No, thank you very much. Yeah, I... My challenge is trying to figure out how to get myself lit when I have a guest in here, as well as my guest in person once we start having those people, right? And so that's right now that's facing them. So I'm trying to figure out how to best set up the room so that it can I can do both. Because I don't want to like move the lights around constantly, right? So, um, and I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. If I have a bigger space, I think that will probably make it easier to do. Uh, to have uh, a hybrid of both setups, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely work, working through it, working through it, but I, but I appreciate you guys very much uh, helping me through that. Farsa is looking like McLovin. You mean like this stud right here? Like this guy? I don't know, man. This guy's pretty, pretty sexy. I don't think I can uh, catch up to that person. How many guitars do you own? Two right now. I'm working on a third. I'm probably going to get a, um, a uh, Stratocaster at some point. So, yeah, the more comfortable you are, the the better the discussion will be. I agree, and that's kind of my my uh, my thought around it too. Is that I think if I am comfortable, there's a certain vibe that's going to appear. I think it's going to make the guests feel comfortable as well. The one thing that I've been trying really hard to do on my live conversations would say like when we had Jordan on and when we had other folks on, you know, the, the one thing that's really helped me with ha having, I, I believe, you know, good conversations with these folks is one, 
I have the luxury of being able to have really smart people come on my channel and I get to talk to them and they get to say their brilliant stuff. So like, I'm not really doing much. <laughs> so that's one. And then two, as, I, as I've gotten to know some of these folks, like a rapport is starting to build, you know, we're starting to build some relationships with these folks. And these are all brilliant, really, really kind, awesome people. And when you get comfortable with somebody, I feel like it naturally brings a flow of discussion that's more open, could be more valuable, right? Because I think people really admire and really appreciate honesty and being in a room where somebody's free kind of speaking their mind. So that's my goal is that how can I make that happen anytime I talk to somebody and I think sitting down might have something to do with it because even now as I'm sitting, I feel just I just feel more relaxed. Like, I don't know if it's coming across on video, but I, I literally feel like I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm having, I also have had a really busy three days. So this is kind of first time I got to sit down and actually relax and I get to decide to relax with y'all. So, um, yeah. And I, and I did something, I did see somebody say, um, Claude, uh, okay, honestly, I like your standing videos as far as that, but I could get used to this. There is something to be said for the standing videos as well. Cause I think standing, uh, it's, it allows me to be more focused and more, I guess, intense in a way. Um, but who knows, maybe, maybe having it seated could open up a new avenue for me to have a different kind of conversation, you know, who knows? But I'm I'm always open to try stuff, right? And and I appreciate everyone's feedback. So be honest, everybody. Like I'm not I'm not scared to uh, to receive uh, feedback that's gonna hurt my feelings. Is the only way to get better. Do you think Elon Musk would really set foot on Mars? Um, maybe, maybe like when he's close to his sort of like I guess end, you know, potentially. Um, I know he wants to, so you probably make it happen. What uh, what's Wall Street's reaction to Q3 set up a school? That is a great topic, right? So let's talk about Q3 a little bit. I think Q3 is um, an interesting quarter because one, it's going to likely break most records, if not all records that Tesla has. Uh, second, it sets up a narrative for the fourth quarter that says that Tesla is in a growth phase, which Tesla has been talked about quite a bit, that they're about to spike deliveries and production significantly more because of Austin and Berlin. And then three, the way Berlin and Austin have been ramping, it should also mean that margins and net income for the company are going to be significantly higher, especially versus the previous quarter. Because you remember in Q2, you had two factors going on. You have Shanghai being closed for multiple weeks. And then you had uh, Austin and Berlin barely ramped. I mean, they were barely shipping any cars. And so you have all this cost from a factory with all these employees and depreciation and whatever else, you know, that's meant to be building 5,000 cars a week and you're only making 100 cars a week. That means that you can only spread... 5,000 cars worth of costs over 100 cars, and that makes your margin completely terrible. So the thought process is as Austin and Berlin really start ramping up, there's going to be a break-even point where these factories are going to start making money, which is going to drop to the bottom line directly for Tesla because of their operating leverage. So Q3 and Q4, uh, and I've mentioned it on the live streams before, I really do think it's it has the potential to change the narrative of how most of Wall Street views Tesla, I think there's still this sort of um, thought process in a, a lot of different circles that they view Tesla as a not a necessarily a company that can generate a ton of 
profits sustainably for the long term because of you know in, in their heads i think it's the demand the demand is dubious long term their production ramp seems unclear long term but if tesla is able to say you know with one half or one fourth of any other automaker in the u.s we can make two to four x more profit than those automakers but with half or a fourth of the volume then the story changes dramatically the story goes from this is a company that is dependent on growth to make a lot of money to this company can make just as much money if not more money than an automaker with a fraction of the volume and so the valuation becomes i think different because if the lever does exist where tesla can really grow into say millions or tens of millions of vehicles then that lever they have of the profitability should continue forward with the volumes that they'll be generating right it, one would think unless there's some sort of crazy force that comes through that really pushes the pricing of tesla cars downwards but that only really happens if the ev market is saturated or oversaturated with evs versus the rest of the car market and in an environment where most cars are still gas cars, 1.4 billion cars on planet Earth right now, 99% of those are gas cars. Unless you're reaching a point where there is market saturation to replace those gas cars, I don't really think there's going to be too much pricing pressure short of a very um, serious and catastrophic downturn to the economy in say the next one to two years not financial advice i don't know what i'm talking about please but these are just sort of i'm just thinking out loud here so what could cause those um things those those economic breakdowns so russia ukraine could be a factor you got china with a, a lot of uh potential housing problems that could be a problem inflation in the u.s uh and the way the fed is dealing with that inflation could be a problem you have a lot of these different factors existing right now in the in the world economy that could materially impact demand so then the question becomes are those things serious enough to impact tesla's ability to reach their goal of say 10 million cars in the next five years per year or 20 million cars by 2030 if you you know and so where my head goes where my head goes is like okay there could be there could be a situation where you have say a china housing crisis plus russia ukraine devolving into nuclear warfare plus the fed raising rates too much which causes a uh, spiral of you know uh people being laid off no people not being able to afford a house and uh folks losing their jobs and the debt on the u.s becoming too expensive to serve so on, you have a lot of different factors going on that could all come together and, and cause a serious issue if it were to come to that situation my head doesn't go to oh is tesla going to be okay my head goes to like are we going to be okay <laughs> tesla gets completely thrown out of the equation because if you have that war you have the chinese economy collapsing you have the u.s economy collapsing tesla is going to be the least of our problems you're not going to be able to put money anywhere you won't think unless you know i'm sure there's going to be asset classes out there that generally do extremely good in these sort of environments like i don't know freaking um gold right uh, one could make the argument for real estate and in places where people want to live in uh, ammunition i don't freaking know the entire equation changes dramatically i don't think we're going there personally and don't listen to me for that advice okay but the way i think about it is that um i do think that the u.s 
economy will do okay in the next 12 months based on my intuition of going out there and talking to people. And I'm still seeing a lot of people traveling. I'm still seeing a lot of people going out and 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 spending. I locally, I'm seeing a lot of prices coming down. So I do see a, a an inflation coming down quite a bit. I'm not a financial expert. I'm not looking at complete data sets. But anecdotally, and sort of boots on the ground, I feel like the economy is still doing well enough, so that even if there was a say a, a recession coming on board in this next six next six to twelve months, the assets that I have a lot of which is Tesla, to be completely transparent, are likely to be okay in the next six to 12 months, especially given the fact that um, if people, sorry, if governments are looking to stimulate economies to try and get get out of this hole that we could potentially be in, they're not going to stimulate it based on old technology. They're going to stimulate it based on new technology. And that's why we have things like the EV tax credit that's coming out in the U.S., right? So let's just focus on the U.S. for this example. This sort of logic should apply to the rest of the world. So the only way to get out of economic crises, is for, at least from what I've seen and learned from my you know stupid little life that I've lived or whatever I've learned, is that you stimulate by investing into the future. Electric vehicles, self-driving cars, energy storage, solar panels, uh, AI, robotics. These are things that are for the future. And then what company is in those industries? Tesla, right? So the way I think about it is sort of, let me let me just wrap it up there. That's how I think about it. I think about it in, in that perspective, that if, if we do face uh, calamities that are really, really impacting the entire economy, I look at companies that are going to be well positioned to benefit from investment into the future. And it just so happens that Tesla has those industries, some of them kind of cornered. You think about the um, electric vehicle market and the battery market, Tesla's kind of, you know, there's not a monopoly, but they have a supply chain that's by far the most robust and by far the most profitable. You have companies like BYD in China that are selling a lot of EVs as well, but they're doing so at a much lower profitability level. And um, you have other companies like CATL, as an example. I believe, no, uh, excuse me. I forget who the manufacturer is, but there's a manufacturer that has decided to start selling their batteries to Tesla because that manufacturer more than likely has surplus supply of batteries that they can't sell in their car. So they're looking to sell those batteries to somebody else. Lo and behold, Tesla's a customer and they're able to sell their cars as well. So uh, long story short, a lot of variables that point towards Tesla's long-term future, especially being secure. And then let us we're not even talking about the fact that they have $18 billion in cash with basically no debt. And in the next two quarters, they're probably going to generate anywhere between, say, 5 to $10 billion in additional cash, uh, potentially. Maybe maybe not 10, but probably closer to five, uh, maybe even more between the two quarters. So that's $23 billion. You got uh, Elon Musk talking about a potential buyback coming soon in an environment that seems uncertain and recessionary. So what is that sort of talk about the confidence of Elon and the leadership team there when they're talking about <laughs> buybacks buybacks in an environment where the stock market's down from its peaks like 20 30%, the housing market's going down, there's talks about recession, and then we got Elon Musk at the investor meeting, hmm, we might do buybacks here soon. That tells a story. That tells a story somewhat, right? So what do you think about that? BYD, thank you. What do you think about that? Let me know your thoughts about that. So that's that's a Q3 question, and I just uh, went pretty deep into it. So I hope it, it was helpful. Um, 
somebody said uh, something about clickbait. What do you guys think about the thumbnail, by the way? <laughs> I've, I've been investing so much time uh, since I started doing YouTube and figuring out how to do like thumbnails and titles because that's really, it's so much work to present your topic in a way so that you want people to watch it, but you don't want to betray their trust by forcing them to click on it. And then not deliver on the promise or or sort of like betray their trust. I view I view uh, say bad clickbait, bad clickbait. So sort of like you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to use any examples. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it betrays trust, but there's also a fine line between betraying trust and trying to get people to like really come watch your stuff because you've put work in it. You want people like to to see the fruits of your labor and presenting it packaging it in a way so that it's uh most people want to absorb it without betraying their trust is really really hard and so i'm like okay how can i do something that's clickbaity but also be transparently clickbaity but at the same time have it so that people are like oh that's kind of funny or stupid i'm just going to click on it just to see what it's there I'm, i don't know what my expectations are that was a thumbnail plus the my face if you notice, it's uh, the definition is significantly higher. My wife uh, sat down; she bought a new lens for her camera, and we she took some pictures of me. And I have like different reactions, and I try not to do the or the you know like the you know the freaking clickbait faces you see all the time that are very effective and work, and they work for a reason. Um, I didn't do any of them, but I did do you know some. You want some variety in your facial expressions. These are the crazy things that I never thought I would I would work on. These like random ass freaking titles and videos. I never knew I was going to work on titles and videos. And here we are. Or thumbnails rather. Here we are. So what other questions do you have? Let me know. Drop them in the comments below. And again, if you do want to come on and ask a question live, I do require you all to have your camera on, please. And decent audio and decent internet so that people can hear you and you don't lag out on us. Uh, next question. Cybertruck gross auto margins went fifty percent. Yeah, so I have a video. I have a video where uh, I I run through a model where I believe that Cybertruck has the potential of hitting um, fifty percent margins in probably the next couple of years. So the way I think about that, just to walk you through the model. By the way, six hundred at four hundred sixty nine viewers. I saw it for a second. Nice. Thank you very much, everybody. Really appreciate everybody who stopped in. Love you guys so much. If you enjoy what you're watching, like the video, but you don't have to. Just stay for the fun. Um, who says that? Stay for the something. I think Andre Check. I think he says, you know, come for the finance, stay for the blah. I like his stuff. Admiral uh, Piet. Uh, question. Cybertruck gross margins went 50%. I did a video not too long ago. So the way I think about this is, okay, there was a comment made by Elon uh, back in the day. I believe this was during the Cybertruck unveil which by the way you can't find on youtube because i believe tesla took down because they were too embarrassed at how how big of a shit show it was to break their own window which in itself is hilarious um where he made a comment that tesla needs to get to a point where they're able to manufacture cybertruck at the same cost uh as the model three at that time this is 2019 november 2019 ideally um and the reason why they would be able to reach this level of manufacturing cost is because of the exoskeleton. So if you're not familiar with the Cybertruck, it's uh, basically one 
sort of the way it's built, it's basically the outside of the car is uh, the skeleton, whereas typical pickup trucks are uh, body on frame, which is basically a more complicated way of making the car. Uh, with the Cybertruck, you would have an exoskeleton, which reduces complexity quite a bit from that format. Then you have castings, uh, which remove quite a bit of work that has to go into ensuring that the structure of the car is uh, is secure from within the exoskeleton. You have things like the 4680 battery infrastructure or um, sort of um, platform, which all in all should reduce the battery costs, if we believe what Tesla says, by 56%. Uh, in the next, say, few years. Then you also have the removal of the paint shop, which is something that um, obviously uh, includes uh, adds a lot of cost. It takes up a lot of room in your factory. So you have all these things going on. And then you have three years of manufacturing um, expertise that has been built since the unveil of Cybertruck in 2019. So you have these factors going on. Then on top of that, you have a market that's likely to demand uh, that Cybertruck in really, really, really high levels at a price that's probably much higher than what Tesla originally anticipated. So if you remember when the Cybertruck was originally unveiled, it was unveiled at uh, $40,000 base. I think $39,900 was the base price. And of course, that's <laughs> no longer going to be the case. But that should give you a hint that says that Tesla was very much and should still be very much planning to be able to sell this car at a very uh, um, in a profitable in a very profitable way, or let's say it a different way, at very low costs, very very low costs, and that's why they're able to justify forty thousand per Cybertruck. Now, fast forward three years from now, or from three years from then, now that we're in twenty twenty two, almost November, almost three years since the Cybertruck was unveiled. Now you have a situation where the cost targets for Tesla are still going to be on point. They're still, you know, the way Tesla operates is they're always trying to take costs out of the system uh, when it comes to building cars. So having a Cybertruck that's manufactured at around the same cost as the Model 3 should still very much be a target. And if we look at the current cost of the Model 3 today in 2022, given inflation and all the other stuff that has been happening uh, in the world, there is a lot of numbers. A lot of people have done uh, models for these. You have people like Matt Smith from Good Soil. You got James Stevenson. You got you know Gary Black. You have a bunch of a lot of people. I I you know Rob Mao or so many people I can name that have gone through and you know have thought about Troy Tesla, another one. Have thought about the what the cost of a Model Three could be, and the number that I've sort of seen thrown around that uh, that seems to be hitting a lot of check boxes is about thirty seven thousand dollars per. Model 3 for the cost, 37,000-ish. So it costs Tesla 37,000 bucks. And then uh, I believe the Model 3, the lowest spec Model 3 you can buy in the United States sells for 46,000 right now, which is roughly, say, call it 20% margin-ish. So $37,000 cost. Um, if we assume that Tesla's original claim of Cybertruck having similar costs to Model 3 remains, then that means Cybertruck's going to be anywhere between 30, call it 37 dollars to $40,000 to manufacture cost. A lot of people might say, well, that seems kind of crazy. You know, like that's, it's a much bigger car. It's much, much, uh, has more stuff in it. But again, let's think through what the Model 3 was. The Model 3 was the first generation of a affordable mass market car, which uh, knowing the work that Sandy Monroe and team did on the original Model 3, um, 
not the most smartly built car in the world. The electronics, the technology, all that stuff, incredible, state-of-the-art driving experience. But the way it was manufactured, not the most efficient way of manufacturing a car, right? So you take that car and then you add all these improvements over the next three years of uh, cleaning up your manufacturing process, exoskeleton, castings, 4680, no paint shop. It's not hard to believe that you're going to have that sort of cost basis for the car. Now, in today's market, you have uh, Rivian R1Ts, the pickup truck that's sold by Rivian. The base model of that car sells at around $73,000, The F-150 Raptor, which is going to be, a, I think, a direct competitor to Cybertruck, sells around $72,000 per car, base price. We all know that Tesla carries a premium when it comes to uh, themselves versus the competition, maybe like it's called 5 to 10% higher. If you look at sort of compare Tesla to the competition, they're slightly above, like say 5% or so. Um, but you layer in full self-driving and you layer in how cool of a product this is going to be. Is it hard to believe that the average selling price of Cybertruck is going to be, say, $75,000? And if the answer is no, it's not hard to believe that the average selling price of Cybertruck is going to be $75,000. Then the then the answer is $75,000 minus $37,000 for the cost leaves you with about $37,000 in profit, which if you put it over the price of the vehicle, which is $75,000, is 50% margin. So very long answer to your question. I have a whole video on this, but... I think within two years there could be a you know there could be a situation where Cybertruck could very much be selling for fifty percent margin, and we're not even talking about the impact of full self driving on top of this. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that probably say, "Hey, there is going to be a situation where Cybertruck pricing is going to have to come down because you know people are not going to be able to afford it," and that's one hundred percent sure going to happen. But is that going to be happening in five years' time, or is that going to happen in two years' time? I'm really curious to see how this dynamic plays out. But there's very much a, I think there's a chance for Cybertruck to sell at 50% margin for at least some period of time. So we'll see. Let me know what you guys think about that uh, craziness. Because if that's the case, then boy, 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 are we going to be uh, some crazy stuff going on. All right. What other questions do you all have? Uh, recap the studio change. Same location at home, offsite office, everything Okay. Everything's good so far. Um, I just redid the same space that I had from before. Now I just have a sort of sit-down style. I have a, a guest cam, which may have turned off. Let's see if it's still there. Let's try it. Ready? And no, it turned off. I got to figure out how to make sure it stays on. There's like a bug with the camera I got to figure out. But yeah, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff I'm working through. I love your t-shirt. Thank you. I love you. Ay, ay, ay. Will they honor the pre-order Cybertruck prices? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, but I believe Tesla came out and said uh, no. Uh, I, I think they're, they're going to come out and uh, raise the prices outright. And um, yeah, I, I believe it, it was a comment Elon made at the investor meeting where, you know, it was like, you know, it was three years ago and uh, we are making a lot of changes. So I, I, I don't think so. And I don't think that's, that's necessarily a bad thing. I think people should come to expect that sucks yeah for sure but uh, what are you gonna do 
What do you think of the potential for Tesla bot to eventually create vocations that people want to engage as opposed to be people being worried about losing their livelihoods to automation? That's such a good question, right, Claude? That's a great, and that's the question. That's the question. Um, I'm working, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through that a lot. So the question becomes, the people that have lost their jobs or no longer do the job they would do because Tesla bot now does it more safely, way, way cheaper, way faster. So, you know, call it a lot of blue collar jobs, like manual labor jobs. Is there going to be a way for these people to survive in a world where they're expected to earn money um, while they figure out what that thing is that people are going to find value in? That's really beca that becomes my biggest question in this whole thing. Is there an opportunity for that to happen? Absolutely. But what are the mechanics that ensure that people are able to do the things that make them happy while making money? <laughs> we live in a society unless unless we get rid of money in the age of the bot, you're still going to be expected to earn a living to be able to pay for the things like rent and food and shelter and you know whatever entertainment, water, travel. You still need some sort of income. And the majority of the workforce in most of the world does manual labor. If that gets removed and it happens very quickly, what does the transition look like for those people to be able to earn a living in an age where people expect to be paid for an exchange of service and time? You know, I don't know. I'm still thinking through this, and, and I love to hear uh, people's, people's thoughts around this. And I've seen universal basic income being thrown around for sure, 100%, but like, where does that money come from, right? How do we ensure that the money exists? You know, you could take it from the robots creating the value for sure. But, you know, if you have, in the worst case scenario, you have, I don't know, 100 million people. So let's use the US as an example. The US has 330 million people, uh, I think between drivers, say uh, taxi drivers, truck drivers, and let's say, I don't know, construction workers. That's probably five to 10 million people easily, easily. Are those 10 million people gonna be able to find something that's going to allow them to earn the same living they did before? The after, if the answer is yes, then I would love to see what the mechanics are that allows them to get there. If the answer is no, then I think we have a problem, right? But uh, yeah, that's how I think about it. Do let me know uh, what you guys think, but yeah. You should lower your camera angle. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I think, should I do it now? Let's try it. Watch this. Let's see. And hello. That's creepy. And come on, a little bit, a little bit. Get down. Oh, I'm, I'm hitting the wrong thing, dude. You know what? I'm going to save it for later. <laughs> Instead of making it even more awkward, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm hitting the wrong knob. So it's okay. We'll, we'll figure out for next time. But I do appreciate it. Thank you for your feedback. Uh, what if Tesla added the ability to share your Tesla's location to friends or family's Teslas? Seeing each other on the map in the car, great for multi-Tesla road trips. Thoughts? Yeah, that'd be cool. I think the question becomes, what's the what's the long-term, excuse me, the long-term utility of this? And how, how much work does it require to do that? And how much uh, benefit, like how, how often will people use this feature, you know? I think a lot of people like privacy. <laughs> and so maybe that feature won't be used nearly as often as um, people might think because they're like, well, I don't, want, I, don't want to know, I don't want people to know where I'm going. You know, even if it's your family members, you know, how many family members do you have that like privacy? So um, it's interesting. And there's a comment down here. iPhone already does that. Sure. 
yeah, you could just use your iPhones, but I think it'd be cool if um, if it's embedded in the Tesla map. I can see what 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 uh what the person's saying, but yeah, it'd be curious. Warner, yeah, thank you for your question, Warner. Matt Smith, look at this. Isn't that the youngest adult you've ever seen in your life? What is that profile picture, Matt? You look like you're 12, bro. What happened? Obviously teasing Matt is, uh, actually, I can call him a friend, uh, a good friend of mine. We uh, met in person in Austin not too long ago, and we still have been keeping in touch. And Matt's one of the smartest people I know. And the work he does with uh, Emmett and uh, Good Soil is phenomenal. If you guys don't follow uh, Good Soil Investing, please go follow them and follow Matt's work. But man, do you look young in that picture, bro. You're the youngest old person I know. Uh, FSD price is locked in, but the reservation agreement clearly states the price can change. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Matt. You're so smart. And you look so young. Well done. That was my professional pick when I was in investment banking. Dude, were you like straight out of high school? <laughs> we're just ripping on Matt right now. He's such a good sport. Everybody, make fun of Matt. I'm just kidding. Don't make fun of Matt. He's the best. He's the best. Um, you have helped uh, me become a better critical thinker. Thank you. Oh, Cedric, that's so nice to say, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Cedric. That's why one of my uh, goals behind these live streams is to like, is to get you guys into sort of how I approach things like how i think through things and i'm not saying the way i think through things is correct this is stupid mike um but yeah it, it might be it might be some helpful data points you know for all of you to sort of see how i approach certain uh i don't know thought processes or whatever and if it's something that's helpful for y'all to to use for your own uh thing then it's great look at that matt <laughs> matt sucks well done uh that was before matt had 13 kids Matt, you are the butt of our jokes today. Thank you very much for volunteering yourself <laughs> with that picture. <laughs> uh, do you think Tesla Twitter expectations for the bot are way too high for AI Day 2? What are what are uh, Tesla Twitter's expectations for uh, AI Day 2? What are some of the expectations we have out there? Uh, let me know. I, I, I'm not really quite sure what the expectations are. I hate the way this mic is sitting right now. I'm having a terrible time with this mic. Look at this. It looks so silly, doesn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. Let me know Let me know what uh, Tesla Twitter is thinking about when it comes to um, the bot. I think there is an opportunity for the bot to do some crazy... Some crazy stuff that hasn't been seen before, for sure, especially for robots... Now, I don't know if that's going to be like a mind-blowing thing where uh, at bots, like I, I heard, I forget who said this, but I heard um, it would be awesome if you have robo-taxi show up with Tesla bot and then the Tesla bot gets out of the car, the robo-taxis and deliver pizzas to the crowd. That would be nuts. Now, of course, you could pre-program those bots to do that, but what I personally am looking forward to is how are bots going to learn how to do things? Because that's my biggest question is if you have a bot and you want to teach it how to build a house or, I don't know, fold your laundry or go out and get run some errands or hammer a nail, um, build a car, how do you teach it to do that? You know, what's the mechanism? That's what I'm most interested in. Let me try something. Is that better? 
Is that any better? That looks silly. I'm going to try this. I don't know if this is any better, but I'm going to try it this way. Uh, did I get an invitation to AI Day Part 2? No, I did not. I did not. I don't even know why they would invite me, to be honest. I don't, I don't think I bring any value <laughs> to that meeting. I'd be, I'm, I'd be way too uh, lost. Uh, there was a question about CPI. Um, do you think the next uh, CPI data will reflect the drop that reflects... Hold on, let me, let me read that again. Do you think the next CPI data will reflect the drop that reflects what Elon deem, deems economy has passed its worst period of inflation? So... <clears throat> Do I so do do I think that the CPI is gonna show uh, has that we're past period of inflation, the worst period of inflation? It should. I mean, in person, we've been feeling, at least I have. I've been seeing prices come down quite a bit. So in theory, you would think that the one of the reports that tracks that kind of stuff would arrive to the same conclusion. But I honestly, when it comes to the Fed, I can go on a on a ten minute rant on the fed and you guys let me know if you want to hear my rant my very uneducated stupid rant but um yeah i i just i'm very i'm just confused is the best way to say it any chance of a one-on-one one-to-one with joe justice i am really keen to get your take on what he says tesla's doing yeah actually i had joe on um he was my second interview ever dave lee was my first interview ever thank you dave for being the first one, by the way, to this day, it was one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Joe was my second one. So if you're ever uh, curious to hear some insight about our conversation, go check it out. I, I do see that Joe definitely makes the rounds. So uh, props to him for uh, going around and, and doing that. I would be very impressed with seeing a single arm use the FSC tech to identify objects and manipulate them. Taking orders is nuts. Yeah, that would be very cool. That would be very, very, very cool. Let's see. Uh, when will Tesla's... When will Tesla's get an app store? Great question, Brian. Great background, by the way. Where were you, dude? Holy shit. Wow. Beautiful picture. Um, I would say probably once FSD is done, meaning that, uh, say, level four is complete and they're starting to move towards level five where you don't need a driver anymore, then I think at that point, it would make sense for them to really invest heavily into an app store because that's where the opportunity becomes huge for developers to create experiences for passengers that uh, in a vehicle that doesn't need a driver. So it would make the most sense to do it at that point, in my opinion, obviously. Uh, will Tesla leverage Starlink in developing countries for access to raw materials? Oh, I do, I do think that one of the biggest uh, benefits of Starlink, especially with the stuff that's been going on in Iran, like I made a video about this on Friday. I'm Persian, 100% Persian. Both of my parents were born in Iran. In 1979, they left the country when there was a revolution to sort of continue their education. And uh, half of my family is there. And Starlink is proving to be a, an amazing tool for the population there. Hopefully, you know, once they hopefully start smuggling some um, some terminals in there to use it as a communications device to try and... Let's say, how do we say this in a way that's as uh, um, nice as possible? That increases the people's chances to achieve what they want to achieve, right? Freedom. So that's super powerful. And then if you take that same tool and you apply it to the whole world and allow people that usually don't have access to communicate with each other or with others 
to do that now, then you essentially open up a a line of of human to human interaction that has never existed before that really allows you to do things you've never been able to do. Like, you know, do business with people in developing countries, say in Africa or Asia or South America or Central America. The whole economy opens up in a way. So there's a lot of potential there. It's very, very exciting. I'm getting uh, feedback about the mic that's better this way. I agree. I'm going to keep it this way. I think, I think, yeah, that looks better. That looks good. Much better. You have to ask for invite, apparently. Oh, to uh, AI Day 2? That's ah, okay. I always feel bad asking uh, Tesla for anything or like any of those guys because I was already there, you know, for for a little four years. So I'm like, you know, I, I get a, uh, I got a, I got a, chance to really get to experience that uh for myself and so you know i um yeah i feel fortunate enough so i want other people to have the uh experience your uh, <laughs> your chair is broken looks like you're low riding to the left yeah a lot of the stuff that in this house sometimes uh are not there um not in the best shape but you know i do i do try to get a. I try to make it as frugal as possible so i can just get started you know just get stuff done I don't need any crazy stuff to do this stuff. Although I have um I have invested quite a bit in lighting and cameras, so kind of a counterintuitive a little bit. So uh am I crazy or is it possible for Tesla to deliver close to three million cars in 2023? 1.2 million from Shanghai, eight hundred thousand from Fremont, and five hundred K each from Berlin and Austin. Too bullish? Yes. <laughs> um I think in my model I have it at two point four million. Last time I checked, maybe 2.3 million. 1.2 million from Shanghai is uh, quite a stretch. I think right now they might be at 700,000, maybe 800,000. Uh, 800,000 from Fremont is literally impossible. I, I don't think they have the room to do that. Uh, 500,000 each from Berlin and Austin. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think they might end the year at a run rate of 500,000, but there's no way they'd be able to deliver 500,000 from Austin. So I would say, I would say anywhere between 2.2... Let's say from two to two point five million, I think it's a is a possible two point five million is going to be you know the higher end of the spectrum if I were to guess, and then two would be uh, I think a, a a good a good safe bet if you believe that Tesla is not going to have any issues delivering those cars. So best title ever, by the way. Thank you, appreciate that. Thank you, Randall. Um. What else have we got? What other questions do you have? I've been I'm posting the link to uh for people to uh, make uh join me on here and ask persons live, but I think people are shy today, which is completely fine. Completely fine. Uh, what other questions do y'all have about Tesla, Elon, Twitter, anything else? What else do you want to ask me? Go for it. Let's go. Uh, let's go longer. Why not? I'm comfortable. See, this is a nice thing about having a a comfortable um setup. I can just sit here and chat with y'all, and I have a big old Freaking screen right here, and I can watch all your comments roll through. Um, yeah, if I order a Tesla Model Y for fifty four thousand, and I hold off on delivery until twenty twenty three, will seventy five hundred dollar credit be deducted? Great question, Kevin. I have no idea. Does anybody in the comment section know? Let's uh, help out Kevin and see if we can um, we can answer his question. Um, I don't know. That's a very good question. There's still a lot of uh, dubious stuff with that um, with that bill. How difficult is it to smuggle terminals into Iran? Um, the only thing I can say, you know, given that I have family there, is that you know I'm not saying my family does this. I'm just saying that from what I've heard through the grapevine, 
is that uh, Iranians tend to have access to the things that they uh, want in a different, and they can get it in different ways. And there's channels for them to do that. And so I'm wondering if there um, there's a way for them to get those terminals in some way, shape, or form. So uh, Iranian people are very crafty. Let's just say that. Let me know if that uh, that makes any sense. What else do you all have? Uh, Farzad looks very relaxed. I feel very relaxed. It's the seating position, man. I'm going to fix the camera. Watch this. I'm going to go lower. Ready? Oh, boy. Could this be a meme-worthy moment here? Let's see. I feel so weird staring into your soul right now. Let's see. Let's go a little bit lower. I'm just going to do a little bit. I'm not going to do it. Oh, shit. See? I knew it was going to do that. How did I know it was going to do that? Sorry, everybody. This is why we do it live. What's that one uh, Bill O'Reilly meme? <laughs> I can't believe it felt like that. <laughs> is that better? Oh, God. We're so amateurish, y'all. What an amateur, Farzad. Jeez, you're such an amateur. Hold on. Good thing your pants are on. How do you know they're on? I'm just kidding. They're definitely on. Google, please don't uh, report me. All right, let me know if that's better. Let me know if that's a little bit better view. Uh, wait, no clickbait? That makes this clickbait, which is not clickbait, which is exactly. See? Haha. <laughs> uh, much better. Thank you. I, I definitely twisted the thing the other way, and the camera went bloop. Uh, yeah, definitely um, send some questions for y'all. We'll uh, we'll keep answering these. Uh, here we go. I'm glad that uh, Elon opened Starlink for the Iranian people, but I'm concerned how China will react. Yeah, man, I I think the the current global climate is so odd. It's definitely um, something. You know, I'm 35. Um, by the way, you have an Amazon delivery. Thank you. That's why that thing is. Uh, is uh flashing i should probably move that out frame eh? um i'm canadian now eh? i'm glad that elon opened starlink for Iranian people but i'm concerned how china will react yeah i think i think china is um it's an interesting variable to track right now because they're really you know going hard with the taiwan stuff or it seems like they are there's also this rumor i saw online which is probably not true that uh, xi jinping is under house arrest or some crazy stuff the president of china or the leader of china i don't know man I'm not smart enough to understand what the hell is happening with China. I just, I, I default to other people when it comes to that. <laughs> All right. I'm having fun. Are you guys having fun? I'm having such a good time. We're just relaxing, talking, chatting, having a good time, having a really good time. I'm having a blast. Elon has stated that there will be 10 to 12 gigafactories, assuming the next announced site to be in North America, where would the next one be? I made a video about, um, I think it's going to be in uh, Old Canada. Old Canada. Oh, look, speaking. Yashu. What's up, dude? Should we get Yashu in here? Should we get Yashu in here? Yashu, if you're free, bro, come on in. There's a link. Yashu's, Yashu's my bud. Yashu and I have been uh, doing these uh, spaces together. Uh, on uh, Twitter, and we've also been uh, simul uh, simulcast simulcasting, doing it at the same time on um, 
YouTube as well. And uh, I think him and I riff really well. So Yasha, I really appreciate it. I was just giving you a shout out earlier today uh, on the stream. You're, you know, I'm working on this in-person studio and you're the main reason why because you pushed me to do it. So uh, if you have if you have time to hop on, f go for it. If not, dude, it's all good. I'm not going to. I'm not going to force you. Yashua is a busy man. Let's not uh, do whatever you want. Uh, if if and when there is a direct competitor to Tesla, who do you foresee this to be? And when do you think this would happen? I do think it's going to be from a new automaker. And it's probably going to be Chinese. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. We did it. We did it, y'all. How's it going? Where are you? I'm at a cop shop. I'm just uh, I got my computer here. I like to just hang out in the sun, enjoy the oh, day, shit. watching your stream. I appreciate uh, your content as usual. And uh, hopefully the Twitter settlement comes so you can have some breaking news here. Listen, I've tried how many times to get this thing freaking right? This is my fourth time trying to get this stupid settlement call correct. And I, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, it has to happen. It has to happen, and at the, you know the first time I sent out the uh, the tweet, I'm like, you know what? I the the verbiage I used I used was Twitter Elon settlement will close after market close today. So technically, it's still after market close after I, that day. You I know? bet you it's I bet you it's one of those late evening type of news stories that come out. It's probably one of, one of those like East East Coast is kind of sleep already. Pacific kind of comes out late. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I think he's, I think the settlement's going to happen. Uh, it just makes sense. It makes so much sense. I mean, Twitter was up today for whatever reason, and uh, it just seems like him not getting deposed kind of see, signs are pointing towards that happening. That's my guess. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there, too. I, I do think the fact that they've rescheduled the, the position is some sort of signal, you know, and the fact that the trial is happening in three weeks, I feel like that's like, I don't know. I don't know how this stuff usually works. You know, I'm not a lawyer, but um, uh, and the fact like, I keep going back to like if Twitter, you know, it really comes down to Elon. If we believe that Elon is really trying to get Twitter to accelerate his plans to um, get a new social media company, then it would be in his best interest to close a deal with Twitter to make that happen. But then Twitter has a much bigger forcing function to settle because if Elon backs out of the deal and ends up paying the penalty, even if ends up paying the penalty, that means that in two to three years time, Twitter is going to have a competitor, which is likely going to cause that company's valuation to come down dramatically. So um, the last thing Twitter wants, I think, is a com direct competitor by a person and a team who are hell-bent on creating state-of-the-art technology. I don't think that's a winning recipe for Twitter. So Twitter, I think, is incentivized to, to, to settle uh, as soon as humanly possible. And then the last thing you want is to be a corporate, uh, like a company, going to trial and letting all your dirty laundry air out. Doesn't seem like a winning formula, but I'm I'm a moron. I don't know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, so. same thing with same thing with Elon. I don't think he wants to really be deposed either. Uh, probably doesn't right. make sense to like AI days happening this week. Does he really want all the attention to be on that, right? So, exactly. I don't know. Look, I, I think I love Twitter as much as the next guy, but the fact that they haven't been able to monetize, like it's just a crappy platform. The only thing that they have going for them is their user base and the people are addicted to Twitter. And that's why I love Twitter. Yeah. I've been on Twitter for over a decade at this point. 
and I love it, but it's it's like if they could merge with some sort of YouTube type of like I, I think we've talked about this off stream, even like you know if Twitter can get their video stuff straight and start monetizing for creators, like YouTube Huge. would yeah, it'd be quite scary for YouTube. So that's from I see everyone in the chat. How's it going, everyone? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of the last few sunny days in Vancouver, so I'm trying to enjoy it while I can. It's called move to Austin, bro. We got these days like 30, 300 days out of the year, more maybe more. <sighs> Austin's calling your name. Aren't there like a lot of hurricanes and like storms that happen down there? No, no, that's fake news, bro. Don't listen to the news? media. I don't know. Isn't no, that what honestly, happened last year? Well, we don't talk about that. <laughs> No, what would is uh what would call it? Uh, we call it uh uh uh, uh Snowvid. Snowvid was the uh, uh what twenty twenty one, the winter of twenty twenty one, yeah, we had uh like six inches of snow, but like like two inches of ice and it was zero degrees for like five days and the comp like everything just just it was not a good place to be. The water wasn't working, didn't have electricity for like on and off for like a week. Um, it was a disaster. I mean, all the roads were shut down because, of course, we don't have plows and salt out here and, and, like, you know, treatment for the roads. There's, like, one plow in the entire state of Texas. So, yeah, boy, it was it was bad. It was a bad place to yeah. be. But it's okay. We don't think about that. We don't worry about that. It's Texas, baby. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could be worse. You could be in, like, Florida, right, and have to deal with that freaking hurricane. Oh, sure. Yeah, Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, at least you have I've, Disney. <laughs> I really want to go to Austin, though. I haven't been. I've been to Dallas, but oh, not please. Austin. It's, uh, Dude, it's on the list. so when you come down, uh, you know, I, I, I was giving you a shout-out earlier this stream when I first started. Like, I finally got – let me show you, actually, before uh, before it gets too late. Hang on. Let me show you something. Watch this. that is uh, turning into Joe Rogan day by day here. Dude, listen. I'm just trying – I'm trying my best to bring value and entertainment to our uh, awesome community members. Check this out. Ready? Okay. This is going to be you one day when you come down to Austin. Boom. Oh, Dude. wow. Look at that. Look. That's cool. Look. So it's going to be two guest? people. Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't uh, been able to convince anybody uh, locally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've actually been Dave. working on it. I, yeah, I actually going to uh, propose that to him when he, when he, I know he's just got, I think he's getting in this week. Dave, if you're listening, you're obviously always welcome, but, um, he's been, uh, traveling a lot. So I think I'm going to let it, let him sort of settle in a little bit and, uh, get his life back together. And, and like him and I have played tennis before. I think we'll probably play tennis at some point this year. Nice. Like, yo, you know, you're always welcome so to come down. on. So I, yeah. I, I am so down to come to Austin, play tennis, whip you up a little yes. bit in there. And then, oh. uh, and then wow. slam you at the podcast. Yeah, I'm down. I'm quite competitive. <laughs> I, I love tennis. Okay, that's. Yeah. Did you watch the the Federer thing that he got? He retired. I, no, no. Unfortunately, I don't watch tennis at all. I just play. Okay, you just yeah. play. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for you to come down and for me to kick your ass. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds and great. I, and I'll give you a whole package of blueberries as your like losing parting, you know, sort of gift of uh, uh, losing think. to me in tennis. I'm gonna give you like a quart of blueberries, bro. I see how it is. Rub the say, salt in the wound. I, I, I say, and, it, and, I, and I bet you chats behind me on this, we should play a best of seven series tennis, and the loser has to eat uh, juju or blueberries, depending on the winner. I love Live that. on stream. Live on stream. Perfect. Sign me up. Look at that. Yeah. Shake on it. There. Let's We're going to shake on it. There, there you go. go. Done. Look, and we I mean, end the match in a healthy way. See that? It's perfect. I mean, in, in terms of bets go, like that's probably one of the lamest... Healthiest bets we've ever for had. sure, 
Yeah, for sure. It needs to be done. Definitely, definitely on live stream history of any live stream ever made. That was probably one of the lamest like things that's ever been agreed <laughs> upon, but the healthiest. And honestly, that's probably awesome. more important, right? Yes. More yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, awesome. Austin Home. Appreciate you, uh, man. Isn't it? Yes. Thanks for inviting me in, and uh, I'll catch everyone in uh, in the chat later. All right. Welcome to stream. Oh, are you Thank doing? You, uh, are you in tomorrow for the? I think so. Theater? Did Bradford reach out to you or no? I haven't checked any of my messages. Okay. I've been working. Yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, I know, I know he's supposed to send out the schedule. I'm assuming we're going to be in it tomorrow. Um, uh, do you still want to like? You, do you want to do it yourself? You want to tag team it? I honestly, I don't care. Like whatever you want to do. I, I'm I, down. I don't mind. I'm down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm down if you okay. want to tag team again. Yeah, sure. Because I think the way we did it last time it was cool how we did like a back and forth kind of thing. But but again, don't don't make uh, don't feel pressure to like have to tag team it all the time. If you want to do your own show, like I, I, please, you know, it's like, a lot easier care. to tag team. Yeah, yeah. You it too. Is. You too. Yeah. Right, no, I, I like I like having the other person <laughs> with me because I can actually bounce yeah, stuff off. Exactly. But, yeah. Man. I appreciate but thank you, you very much. Uh, inviting me on. Thanks everyone. Take care. Of course. All right. And, Thanks, oh, and everyone has to hit subscribe and like for Farzad's streaming channel. Make sure you do that. You've done that. If you haven't done that, I don't think this is a, this will really convince you that it is worth <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks, man. Take it easy, brother. Oh my God, I love Yashu. Ah, he's the best. He's so cool. I uh, I really do, do hope he makes it down to Austin because I think it'd be really cool to have him as a uh, as an in person guest. So let's do a couple more. Yeah. Um. How valid are the claims Joe Justice makes about digital self-management in Tesla? They seem too good to be true. Yeah, so I think um, I didn't work on the factory side of the business. I worked on the service distribution side of the business. Um, the thing that I noticed was that manufacturing tended to have a lot more sophisticated tools than we did. Um, quite a bit more sophisticated because obviously the focus of the company, especially at that time when I was at the company, was to get production to a level that was profitable. And so they're going to invest as much time as humanly possible in that. From my side of the of the coin, um, you know, of course, we had resources, but we, ha we were a little bit more sort of self-sufficient and crafty. And we, you know, completely understood that when you're a company that's super focused on profitability on, on your factories, certain things are, you know, you're going to hope that the people that are there are going to create their own solutions. So uh, I can speak from experience. I personally was in charge of creating tools and say uh, dashboards and visual aids for people to do their jobs uh, easier and to point people towards the solution in some in some parts of the process so uh if you want to call that digital self-management you know we did a, a a form of that on distribution on the distribution side um but um i'm not familiar with the factory side so i would i would default to joe um yeah from that respect but yeah i hope that answers your question eric um yes question i love to experience austin there's reasonably priced tickets from New Zealand to Austin in February or March. I'm thinking of coming for a month and doing remote work. Is that an okay time of the year? Great question. Uh, February does get cooler uh, out here. Uh, you'll probably get a couple days of, um, let's say there's probably going to be a, a week in that in that time frame, probably a couple weeks of, uh, say, close to zero degree weather around these parts, but you'll also have 50% of the time will be sunny and call it 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 75 degrees Fahrenheit. The nights will drop to like 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So say, what is that? Like three to four C to like 
18C, 20C, something like that. 20C might be too high. Um, it does cool down dramatically. However, if, if you do come during a, a winter season that's not super cold, that time of the year is absolutely spectacular. But in the nighttime, it does get chilly. If you don't mind that, come on down. You know, the days will be shorter, so you don't get as much sunlight. But yeah, Austin's, Austin's just a great place to be at any time, to be honest, in my opinion. And But I'm, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm from the Northeast. So I, I lived in snow and all that stuff. So uh, any break from that for any extended period of time is uh, amazing for me. So I love it. Uh, question. Elon has hired a great legal team. Do you think he will ever hire a PR team? This question has been asked uh, many times, and it's always interesting to think about. Uh, the implications of a PR team. I do think that uh, Elon's probably not likely to invest in a PR team um, for a while. I think because the way he approaches the PR question is, why would we need PR outside of trying to sell more things? And if Tesla's demand is secured, especially long-term, a PR department doesn't make much sense within the context of how I think Elon and the team over there are thinking about it. So I think until they feel that a PR team is going to enable them to reach their long-term production and delivery goals, I don't, I don't know if they'll sign up for a PR team, but that's just my thought. I could be 100% uh, wrong. Let me know what you think. Guesses on Tesla splits between 2030 and now. Um... More than one, less than 10. Shoot, that was such a BS answer, but I'm going to stick to it. Uh, self is looking for opportunity to work in Tesla supply chain related. Do you know any supply chain procurement folks that you can link up? Ha <laughs> ha. I actually, I, I know a fair number of folks in that uh, part of the org, but um, I do want to respect their privacy. And I would tell you that regardless of, of how many people you know in Tesla, the best way for you to get into Tesla is to just go on the careers page and apply for the for the position and try to put your best foot forward in your resume and how you present yourself. Because um, Tesla, I think, does an extremely well job at being fair in hiring people. And just because you know somebody doesn't mean that you're going to get a job or even get an opportunity to interview, to be honest. So that would be my advice. And I think I like that. I like that a lot. You know, it's I think that's very fair. It's very fair that Tesla does that because it maximizes the chances of getting the the, the best talent possible in-house. You know, they're not going to um, prioritize people just because they know them. Do you think Elon has a publicist? Uh, if he does, then that publicist is probably the most uh, unorthodox publicist in the history of mankind. What do you guys think? I think he probably has an assistant, but not a, not a publicist. Um if a robot taxi can generate 500,000 over its 10-year lifetime, why would Tesla ever sell a compact car? That is the question that's been coming up a lot lately, right? I think that the the way to think about that is will Tesla be able to sell robot taxi in every market that would demand a compact car and would instead use a robot taxi? And how big of a market would that be? So Maybe robotaxi is not legal in, say, half the world because they don't have the infrastructure and maybe the governments are restrictive, but they allow cars you can drive yourself. That could be a lot of compact cars. And if Tesla's goal is to advance the advent of sustainable transport and you know sustainable energy generation and consumption, 
but half of the vehicles can't be replaced with robotaxi for, say, the next 10, 20 years because of uh, limits in infrastructure or whatever else, then it behooves um, Tesla to build a compact car. That's how I think about it. So I think there will be a compact car because of that. I don't think every single place in the world is going to be allowed to have a robotaxi. So, you know, we can't just think about the U.S. in this sample. We have to think about the entire world, right? Because Tesla is a global company. Uh, let's do a couple more. Let's do a couple more. Do you think Tesla shareholders will get any amenities in the future? I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. Uh, amenities like, yeah, I don't know what you mean by that, uh, Evan. So maybe help me understand that a little better. Um, I will be in Austin next month to visit friend and attend Austin City Limits. Nice. Uh, are there any re Tesla related events going on in the next few weeks? None that I know of. Um, check with the uh, Tesla Austin Owners Club on Twitter. They usually post any events they have going on. So uh, I would look them up. I actually know the person who uh, who helps run that um, organization. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Super kind. Matthew, shout out if you're watching this. Uh, Farzad. What's up, James? I think Tesla is a super fire hose. However, I think Tesla Energy will be the waterfall of future volume and cash flow. Your thoughts, brother? I, yeah, the, the craziest thing about energy is that it's this thing that it barely, barely, barely gets talked about, yet it has probably the most potential out of anything else that, um, well, no, I lied. FSD and uh, bots are bigger. Let's, um, it's, it's, it's gigantic potential from the standpoint of leveraging existing technology and scaling it so that it's massively profitable with, uh, not nearly as much work as would be required to say getting bot or FSD up and running. So like there's a whole industry, there's a whole part of the market that's completely untapped that Tesla has the supply chain for that if they turn on and scale, they can dominate a market that very few people are playing in. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm very curious to see when the quarter comes where everyone's going to look and be like, holy crap, Tesla is a energy behemoth. What happened? How? Where did this volume come from? I don't think that's Q3. I don't think that's Q4. Uh, it's probably sometime next year. And the interesting thing about this comment is that Martin Vieca, the, the head of investment relations for the company, for Tesla, has said that this is one of the very few times, rare times in the history of the company that they've been able to secure enough supply to do whatever they want to to actually get their goals done. They're not they're not production constrained. They're not supply chain constrained. So that that speaks to um, is energy ready to ramp? You know, it's fun. It's fun to think about. It's fun to think about. We'll see. Um. Brent, thank you so much, man. $5 super chat. Appreciate you. Super exponential growth. Imagine an optimist performing the Tesla job that you used to have. Yeah, <laughs> I say no, but yeah, that's, you know, it, it's, it won't even be like for me specifically, it'd probably be an AI that does it instead of a bot because then, it, you know, my job was mostly, um, you know, it was, it was heavy sort of analytics dashboarding and stuff. But if you're able to automate that stuff with an AI, you don't even need a bot. You just need software. So, yeah. All right, let's do uh, let's do uh, one or two more. A question: How will EPS compression uh, affect Tesla, if at all? Um, what would be the thing that causes EPS compression? 
Miguel, help me understand that question a little bit better. Because maybe we can we can go off of that. So I like the spectacles. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Will you buy them from me for any amount of money since you're a lawyer? Maybe maybe you could uh, sell me a, a new uh, a new pair, <laughs> Richard. Awesome, um, long time listener of the show. Appreciate you, man, and also supporter. Thank you. On your point, looking for supply chain role in Tesla, the problem itself is not based in the U.S., but in Singapore, hence it is difficult on my side. Yeah, there's definitely complexities there. So maybe your best bet would be, um, you know, you could definitely still apply, especially if you're able to uh, get a work visa to work in the States. Uh, but I, I do think Tesla will probably make their way over to that part of the world at some point. So, um, you know, it might just be a, a matter of time before you're able to join that company. So best of luck. I really, I really wish you the best of luck. Okay. All right, an hour and 23 minutes and 58 seconds in. I've tried out this new layout. My hairy-ass knee has made an appearance on the stream. I apologize, but I have a knee. I can't help it. Um, thank you all very much. Thank you very much. Next, uh, tomorrow, next day, tomorrow, uh, I should be back on with Yashu doing our usual Tuesday now that it seems like we're doing like this weekly Tuesday thing where we'll cover Tesla with the Tesla 24-7 project that has been kicked off in Twitter spaces as well as YouTube. If you're not familiar with this, go on Twitter and look up Tesla 247. So T-S-L-A underscore 247. Let me show you this account so you can see it on screen because there's a lot of... um. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of bots on Twitter and sometimes they impersonate people. So I don't know if you've ever known that. This account, Tesla247, TSLA underscore 247. Uh, these folks host a space every Tuesday that basically runs all day. And Yashu and I will probably take the, uh, if I were to guess the one o'clock and the two o'clock central time slot, which uh, would be two o'clock would be Yashu's power hour. And then one o'clock, an hour before would be my slot where we can sort of sit down and talk about different things. So um, anyway, I hope you had a good time. I hope you like this new layout. I still got to work through some kinks. I'll be doing this this week, but thank you all so much for your support. I super appreciate everyone's support. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Mwah. Thank you for sticking around. If you enjoy what you watch, I would love it if you throw me a like. And uh, even if you don't, I really appreciate you stopping by. And I always, always appreciate everybody who has supported the channel, either through Patreon or, or, the, or YouTube. Thank you so much. Every single penny that has been um, essentially donated or given to me through those channels, I've reinvested right back into this um, studio to try and bring you the best possible um content so and the guitar will be coming back i promise i just i'm still playing with the uh with the new layout so i want to make sure i get this all honed in before i uh, bring the guitar back so thank you all very much love you guys have a great rest of your day bye-bye and broadcast